And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, it is another edition of the Weighing In Podcast, and we are going to talk about all things as far as combat sports. But we're also going to talk about college football because yesterday, <laughs> my. Tennessee Volunteers done whooped Alabama. Well, they didn't whoop them. What a game. It was incredible. 52 to 49. Alabama goes down, down like Frazier. It was awesome. (laughs) Did you see that game? Uh, I couldn't get my eyes off of that game. I was trying to watch it in the restaurant. I was watching it between uh, two so- kids' soccer games. I was just, it was crazy, but it was awesome. People were staring at me going, what, is, what are you doing? I was pacing back and forth. It was a fantastic game. Came down to the last 15 seconds. Two big plays down down the field. Got him in field goal range. And then knuckleball field goal, field goal oh. that won it all. John, it was, it, look, anytime, it, it doesn't matter what team. But when I was a kid, the Tennessee Vols were my my favorite football team, college football team. I lo- and then I also because of uh, Pat Summit, right? Yeah, Pat, Pat Summit, Summit was there, the female's uh, basketball, basketball coach. coach. She yeah. obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, rest in peace. But she was fan. I used to love watching the females' uh, basketball play. They were so good, so dominant. She just commanded respect, and I just love. I loved that as a. I think for me as a young kid. Always looked up to a lot of my coaches that I worked with, and she was one of those ones. I was like, "Wow, she's an amazing coach." And then I always kind of loved the football as well. But uh, this was this was a great game. Any team that beats Bama, I, I'm sorry, man, I'm not a big Nick Saban fan. So <laughs> any team that beats Bama, any team, I don't care who you are. When they when they lose, when Bama loses, I'm like, all of a sudden I become a fan of that other team. But this was a great game. It was a great Boom. game, back and forth, back and forth. So, what about you? Where were you watching it? You're in you're in Nashville right now. I was in Nashville watching normally because I was up in Knoxville yesterday. In fact, I, I had to take my it was my wife's birthday, so I had to take her for you know birthday stuff. She wanted to stop at this outlet mall, and so we stop at the outlet mall, and I got a bunch of people that are recognizing me and stuff. And I, normally, if I'm going to go out, I wear a hat because it just kind of people then look at you like, is that can't tell, yeah. not sure, so. So I figure, screw it. And they have a lid. So I go into lids, right? Mm-hmm. And it is full of Alabama fans. I am the only freaking Tennessee guy in this thing, right? Because they're buying Alabama shit and the hats and stuff. And so in Nashville. In Nashville. Knoxville. Knoxville. Oh, no, Knoxville you're not. You mean in Knoxville. This yeah, is Knoxville yesterday. Oh, right? gotcha. Gotcha. Fucking traitors, man. Oh, dude. And so then I go in. So I'm the only guy. I'll take. That, <laughs> that Tennessee, goes, I want the Tennessee hat, right? And they're all looking at me like, we hate you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the best part is there's there, there's a country singer named Matt Stillwell. Yeah. Good guy. I, I made this uh, tailgate bench, use a, mm-hmm. use a truck tailgate, and, and I painted and I did it all up in Tennessee colors, and my wife had put it on a thing, and Matt Stillwell went on the Instagram and said, that's awesome. Well, he has this song, Vol for Life. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It's a great song. You know, it just talks about all the elements of Tennessee football. A guy named John Ward used to be their broadcast guy, and he would always say, give him six in the checkerboard because they got the checkerboard yeah. thing. And he's got all these elements, 
you know, the, the Vol Navy, because if the tennis, Little Tennessee River runs right by Leland Stadium and you get the Vol Navy, all these people come on boats. And some of these boats are unbelievable. Wow. Right. It's a it's it's a Navy. Wow. And so he's got all these elements in the song. Right. So he, he writes this thing and he, and he goes, man, I love that bench. I said, dude, you want to come get it? It's yours. He goes, I'm on my way. Right. <laughs> and so I gave it to him and he, you know, and he gave me a bunch of stuff. We sat there and he sings the song for me and stuff. So nice. he also does tailgate parties there. So he was at the, at the game. So Matt Stillwell finally beat Alabama. It's only been like 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> Jesus. Great. It was a great game. I mean, I think what Tennessee had the lead. They had never, they the, had the lead the, the whole game up until I think the, like that's the be midway through the third quarter. Yeah. That, the nice little fumble. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I think that was like towards the end of the third quarter when it they was did horrible. that, or maybe it was the beginning of the fourth. I think but it was yeah, in the fourth. Was, <clears throat> I think it was in the fourth. <clears throat> That's the problem with that that release on that, where they yeah. they go to hand it off and they pull yeah. it back sometimes. And see, and he thought he pulled it back. Yeah, the, the tailback thought he pulled it back. He kept running. Mm-hmm. Quarterback's looking at the ball on the ground. And the guy just picks it up, and I went, "Oh man, it's like, damn it, Jim!" I, I thought we were off. done. They yeah. came back, showed heart. Good stuff, though, man. They did some good stuff. Their defense came up, <clears throat> came big, and uh, was able to get a stop later on. And it was they were able to just keep tricking but away. You, good stuff. You got to give it to Bryce Young. That kid is talented. Came from modern day in, in California. And, uh-huh. man, just that kid is a stud. Yeah. What a player he is. Quarterback for Alabama. What mm-hmm. kid is just unbelievable. Alabama, you know, you got to give it to him every year. Yeah. They got, they got a team that you look and you go, eh, yeah. this is not going to be good. So. Yeah, it's, Got it's uh, they usually what they what the, what I've noticed with Bama right is that Nick Saban he drafts he not drafts but he, he drafts he drafts he he's recruits. able to he recruits he's able to pick up um a lot of the some of the biggest linemen oh my god that just push people talent. around he just he picks up some of the best the best talent you know obviously in the nation but just does a great job recruiting as much as I don't like him. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's, he always finds some of the best talent and he does the best with the talent that he has, Oh yeah, which is pretty damn impressive. So, yep. impressive. you know, all right, well, Hey, enough about the football. I mean, the f- baseball has been going off too as well. Yep. So that's been great. I mean, uh, watched a couple of the games there and then, um, that Astros and Mariners series is turning out to be good, but, um, been, been some good stuff. Oh. Um, but there was a bunch of fights that took place, and I think we're going to talk about those. Yes, we are. John doesn't have the screen today, so you guys are subject to what I got to pull up. That's right. <laughs> so we have the UFC uh, fight night. It was uh, it was a there was a couple of good fights on there, John. You oh, know, yeah. um, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to blow up all of them, no. but I'm going to talk about some of them, man. And that Alexa Grasso fight versus uh, Viviana. They were saying Arrojo, <clears throat> which I'm fine with. Um, I think it look. When I watched that fight, it's kind of what we had said on uh, the midweek show. I thought Vivian had the more power and was going to be more assertive, but she just wasn't landing enough to get it done. Yep. I saw people, maybe I misread something, but I saw people on Twitter going over the score, the, the stat sheets and the scorecards and all this other. I'm like, what are you guys, were you guys trying to say it was closer than it was? I didn't see where Alexa, Alexa Grasso, outside of the second round, I didn't have her losing another round. Did you? Ole, 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 ole. Oh, there. I didn't watch any soccer this week, but 
I was subject to watching to the little guys watch. Little I had some <laughs> the little kid soccer. It was awesome. Go, go, go. But hey, but first, guys, there is some soccer going on. There is some football going on. There's been some fantastic baseball, which I do not like baseball. But college John, football. College football was on fire. And the reason Hello. being is any, any team that beats Alabama. Okay, I'm all on board. And at mybookie.ag, they had some great odds. And I'm telling you guys right now, Tennessee was with them the whole way. Even went up on them several times. It was fantastic to watch. I, I was addicted to that. And it just was so awesome on how it all came down with 15 seconds left. Tennessee driving down. Two plays. Boom. Field goal. A knuckleball field goal, by the way. <laughs> I was like, what kind of kick is this? But it got over the bar. And that's all we needed to see. And I'm so happy anytime Alabama goes down. Look, obviously, go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code Wayne in, check out their odds, and you will get a little extra spending cash when you use our promo code Wayne in at mybookie.ag. No, I, I actually had it 49-46. I thought Alexa Grasso, especially when you look at, you got to take a look at the counter strikes. And every time a judge is seeing Arohu's head snap mm -hmm. back, yeah, you know, from those shots and the, the repositioning of her body from the shots that Alexa Grasso was throwing, man, that, that's saying a lot to them as far as it's having an effect. It's it's touching her with some power, and I thought I was surprised that Arohu did not switch up her attack. I thought she needed to change her attack in that. You've got to, at times, off-balance your opponent just with your rhythm. And she wasn't doing that at all. She came in the same fashion every time, doing the same things. And you look and you go, you've got to switch it up a little bit because she's got your timing down. Yeah, She's seeing what you're coming with. And when she's seeing what you're going to, that's why those counter strikes are landing. And so, you know, I look at, you know, Viviana and... and <clears throat> She's a phenomenal fighter. She's a stud, man. I mean, physically, you can tell she's very strong. Physically, yeah. she's tough. She needs to get some... Uh, I'm, I'm being honest. The coaches are partially to blame for that because they need yeah. to see that, hey, I need, you to, I need you to change this up. I want you to change your rhythm. This is what I want you to do. I don't think it came from... My, I, can't, I couldn't tell what was being said in the corner. They really didn't show that corner much. But, you know, a good fight. But I thought Alexa Grasso basically... Just, you know, eked out. She, she Floyd Mayweathered it. She eked yeah. out every round, and she got the better shots in. That's why she won the fight. Yeah. <clears throat> I think as Alexa gets a little bit more, um, as she works her way up the rankings a little bit more, she's going to have to start trying to find ways to get finishes. She's because, pretty up there. No, I understand that, John, but I'm saying when she gets it, like, you, they are not going to put somebody who's just inking out victories the way she is yes. into a title shot. And yeah. it's nothing against her. I, like I said this, I was blowing her up last week because she is so good. Technically, she stays tight. She she doesn't, like, load anything up. She lets nope. it all fly from right from her face. Yep. She's very technical with her defense. She's technical with her counter-striking. But we've seen in the past that those type of fighters, they don't get the love from the UFC that they deserve. Is that they they will make her fight over and over and over again before they start pushing her into that title shot. Yeah, if you end up getting those decision victories, you end up getting what I call John Fitched. Yeah. You end up getting you gotta you gotta do a lot. Leon Edwards. You, yeah. you gotta win a lot of fights. 
if you're getting those decisions that they want excitement they want someone that's finishing people yeah and uh you know she has she just it's you know cry as you go up it's hard to finish good fighters <laughs> you know it's like it, that's just not an easy thing to do and the, you know it they're not all making mistakes that give you that opportunity to you know land that great shot or anything so yeah yeah, the openings don't come as often. I mean, no. the, the better fighters, the the higher you go up in the rankings, the better the fighter is, which normally is the case. And they, yeah, and then their confidence is obviously a lot higher because they have been winning. That's why they're higher up in the rankings, which means they, like you said, they make less mistakes. Um, they've got a, they fight harder out of a lot of positions because they understand where they've come from and they don't want to go back that direction either. And so there's a lot at stake when you're fighting those upper ranked fighters. She, she, Alexa Gross was extremely talented. She got taken down quite a bit, but she was able to pop back up. She was able to do some good stuff from her back. She was good on the feet <clears throat> stuff. She stuffed a lot of takedowns. I had her losing the second round because she got taken down. Just kind of got, was just on the bottom the whole round. But that was it though. I didn't have her yeah. losing another round. I don't think. Um, I, I, unless I missed it, someone said that Arojo dropped her. In the set, like dropped her twice. I didn't see her get dropped. I saw her got taken down a couple. Yeah, times. I mean she got she got hit a couple of times. You know, decent, I didn't see her but, get dropped. No. I didn't see her. Okay, someone because someone was on. Uh, uh, I think it was like someone was in one of the Twitter things saying she got dropped twice. How come they didn't? I was like, uh, maybe she got taken down. I didn't see anyone get dropped. Yeah. I didn't see her get dropped. I should say. Um, <clears throat> uh, but look, overall, good performance. Not sure if the UFC is going to be like, you know what? Yeah, let's run her again into another main event. Alexa, she's got to have to have more output. She When she did land the harder, cleaner shots off the counter striking, finish with a kick to the body, kick to the head, kick to the inside of the, you know, inside leg kick, finish up with with another finishing sequence, land the, land the counter strike, circle out, do something else. She's going to have to take a couple, take a little bit more chance, take a couple more chances when she knows she's landed something clean on the counter strike. Cause she was she was peppering Viviana like with the with the uh, with the counter striking. Oh yeah. She just it just was like it was just a pop pop one two. Admiring her work, she's gonna have to finish with something a little bit more um, stern, a little bit harder at the end, like a leg kick inside, outside calf kick, whatever it is, or mix it up with a takedown. Yeah. So. But you got to give it to her, you know, all the people that I, I saw that were complaining about the decision. I'm like, you're crazy. No. Judges got that right. No doubt about it, but you know you have those kind of fights. It's a matter of just figure out, just like you're saying, what is it that I can do that's going to make it to where I can finish that fighter. Yeah. And sometimes you can't. And, and you know, with Arohu, you take a look and you go, "She's goddamn good, man." Mm-hmm. You know, she's not going to be an easy person to finish. So I don't blame yeah. her at all. Insane, crazy. Uh, next fight: Jonathan Martinez versus Cub Swanson. We, we talk, we, you know, we talked about this and, and the whole thing, and we, we, we really didn't bring up the fact that it was at Bantamweight, mm. which was, and it seems like everybody, I'm not going to, everybody with Sam Calavita thinks I can go down. And, and, you know, they do as far as physically they get there. And so you got to give it, Calavita's doing his job. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're Cub Swanson and you're looking at a guy with, you know, 40 fights in his career, you know, and you know, I, and I love Cub, and I did you know his fights earlier in his career. His you know his brother Stevie, you know, I used to referee his fights too. Another gamer, 
and you look and you go, they're going to be faster. You know, that's not an easy thing to, to deal with. And it's, we talk about speed all the time. And then, you know, the opponent, you know, look at, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying here, the UFC did nothing wrong, no, but they didn't do him any favors either. And we talked about that, that Martinez is, look, this kid's a fucking sniper. Yeah. He is accurate mm. as hell. He, yes, he doesn't have the big personality. So what? He is a freaking assassin when it comes to when he steps into that cage and his ability to fight those freaking inside and outside mm -hmm. leg kicks. He was just torching mm -hmm. Cub's leg. And Cub was from the very start, he was a step behind in that fight. Mm -hmm. You could see it. As soon as it started and they started moving, I went, oh, this is not going to play out well for Cub. You know, it's just, just it's sad to see because look at you know and I know and people that understand the sport, they understand look, the UFC is looking at two guys. One is on his way up and one is mm -hmm. kind of he's coming down. And you know, I want to use that name because you know, Cub has been around since the WEC days with the UFC and stuff, and you know, he's had a ton of fights for him, but they're not doing any favors with the guy they gave him and, and that proved to be accurate yeah you know what's crazy is the is is like you said as soon as you saw cub, as soon as i saw cub throw a couple combinations that first round i was like you just saw the technical ability and footwork of martinez the way he slid just outside of range was able to somewhat counter sometimes and somewhat just get out of the way and then try to press him back into the center, press Cub back into the center of the cage. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not going to go well. No. When I saw Cub reaching in with like a three punch combination, lunging in the whole, both times, I was like, ooh, yeah. you're going to leave yourself open. You're yeah, now, you're, now you're extending so far trying to yeah. actually touch this guy that you're putting yourself out of position. Yeah. And you're going, oh, it's not good. And that, and that that ended up leading when that what that does that leads you into kicking to the body, which those body kicks started to have an effect. And you saw Cub, and then the push kicks up to the middle, up even to the on body the arms. Well. Yep. Even when he's blocking him, man, everyone goes, "Oh, he blocked it." Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. But man, let me tell you something: it doesn't feel good after about the second or third one on your forearms. Your forearms, your hands start to go dead. Yeah, it is not an it's not a good feeling. No. No, there's a lot. There's a lot at it. There's a lot at stake at it. And they just, Cub just seemed like he was always right outside of range. And then it just started eating him up even more and eating him up even more. And then those leg kicks started coming off the body kicks. And it just, you could just see that it just, he wasn't, it wasn't finding his range. And it's the speed. And I can't take anything away from Martinez. Martinez fought a great fight in terms of he always made sure his back stayed off the cage. He stepped back into the middle. He was touching him with some stuff, making him miss and making him pay. Never really loaded up. He reminded me a little bit of Alexa Grasso and just, he was always right outside of the range and then would touch you and then circle and move. Didn't really push the action too much, but didn't have to because have to. That's it. he possesses the power though. That's That to me was the only difference between him and Alexa Grasso is that he possesses the power to to do something like that inside leg kick body kicks the striking had some good had some good combination with the boxing and that's what separated the two fights i believe he was able to get her, get um cub out of there whereas alexis she's got to work on getting that finish a little bit more but overall great performance by uh martinez oh. and cub just it's harder no matter what you're gonna do john i have a question do you think you and i are gonna get numb 
to saying, oh, well, you know, it's sad to see because we say it's sad to see because I've fought on cards with these guys. You've been in the cage with these guys, but we're now out of it in those ways. We're differently. We're in different ways uh, involved in the sport. But do you think because we know them, we've, you know, we've been around them for so long that we'll stop saying it's sad to see. and just be like, Hey, you know what? He's had a great career and you don't think so. No, because it's the, it, it's the, it's the nature of the sport. It's the, it's the nature of the beast. If you're a fighter, there's going to come a point, you know this, where even you, when you're training, you know, I'm not quite as fast as I used to be. I'm not landing the shots that I used to land. I'm not able to do things quite the same. I've got to alter my style a little bit. You know it. Now you're going into these fights and you're, and you could even be getting wins, but you know things are changing, but you don't want to leave it. You don't want to go away. And so they're going to continue to put you against better and better competition because they're going to use your name. It's, it's a nasty business. They don't really care. They don't, they don't like the, the Khabibs of this world that walk away. <laughs> they don't. They don't no. like that. You know, no. and that is horrible to them. We, we could do yeah. so much more with you. No, man, let him walk away. Yeah. He walked away when, yeah, he was on top and he was still rising. He was still getting better. Yeah. As a fan, I fucking hate it because I want to see more. But as someone that understands the sport, dude, I love it. I think it's so fucking yeah. good. So, yeah, I wanted I wanted this fucking my biggest the person that I always remember the most that walked away from it was Barry Sanders. Oh yeah, I just I, I was not a Detroit Lions fan, but I was a, I was a Barry Sanders fan, and so not anytime they are. were on, yeah, <laughs> anytime they were on, I would just watch. I had to watch. I had to watch, and so just because you didn't know what he was gonna do. And so you wanted to see if you got to see one of those highlight runs, which you almost did every game. Yep. You wanted to see it. Yeah. So um, see, my, my, my daughter-in-law grew up in Michigan. She's a huge Detroit Lions fan. And I always go, why? I know. <laughs> they're actually doing, they're not, they're not having a bad year. So they're far. not, man. Dan Campbell's uh, a great coach and stuff. Hopefully yeah. they, be, they really uh, have a great season. I hope so. They've got a good. They've got a good core of of uh, players. Yeah, and I think Goff is not really. Uh, he's doing well. He's he's not. He's not. He's not killing them. That's right now. Sometimes you need a pay uh, a game manager. Yep. He's a game manager, and he can he can light kind, it up. Kind of start sometimes. building onto that stuff, you know, as well. He's I mean, got great receivers. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's got a great running back too in Swift. Yeah, um, we got some other good running backs as well. Um, all right, what other five? Let me see. Uh, Dustin Duco. What's it? Du- Dusko. Versus uh, Jordan Wright. Yeah, you know, going into this fight, this is exactly, the fight went exactly like I said. Can Dusko survive the first round? Because I thought Dusko would, I actually thought Dusko would go out there and try to trade with Jordan in the first round. And I was like, not sure. He didn't. He actually tried to actually use his grappling, which was smart. Mm -hmm. But he ended up in a bad position, but got himself through the round. But he took some damage. But Jordan is known as a guy he doesn't come out into the second round well. It's just he's a he's a one round fighter, and you you know we've seen it too many times where guys get that lactic acid in their freaking arms and legs, and all of a sudden their mind goes away. They're not able to deal with that difference. They're not able to deal with the difference in their heart rate and everything. And 
Jordan tends to seem to be that guy where, look, he's he's explosive and he's powerful in that first round. He almost had him out. When Dusko came out in the second round and went after him in the stand-up and landed clean, hard shots, I was like, oh, this is going to change. This is going to be different. And he just stayed on the gas until Jordan Wright. You know, when he went down, you look and you go, he's exhausted. You yeah. Know? And I don't care who you are. When you're exhausted, fighting is about the last thing you want to be doing. Yeah. I mean, I thought for sure that Dusko was going to have a hard time going to that second round because he was on bottom the whole time, yeah. just taking some shots and just not able to get him off. But then Jordan, then the second round, he came out. He came out realizing, I don't know if he realized that Jordan Wright was going to be tired, but he came out and just tried to bully him and push him around. Go, Look, I'm not going to play it safe anymore in the first round. I try to press you to the fence, try to get a takedown. That didn't work. Didn't work. Fuck it. Got to go back to, got to go to, to a, a new game plan. The fact that he was able to make those changes, that says a lot about him mentally and how he's prepared to do whatever it takes to get to that win. Look, if if my idea of that, oh, man, I only trained to, to, to wrestle and get the takedown. It didn't work. Shit, I don't know how I'm going to do on the feet. He didn't. He threw caution to the win. He came out and made it a dogfight. Yeah. When you make it a dogfight and you believe in yourself in those type of situations, you're going to be pretty hard to beat. And he, came, and he understood what he had to do. He just... Fought him in a phone booth, smothered him, uppercuts, oh. left hooks, was pushing him back a little bit, making space, landing some clean shots, fighting him back in a phone booth. He just did some good stuff, dominant positions, got to the top there, put on some big, big ground and pound from the top position. Some some of those elbows, I was like, I was like cringing, oh, yeah. thinking to myself, God, I used to get hit with those. Ugh, oh, God, it hurts. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Uh, but overall, I thought I thought it was a it was a tale of two fights, man. One was yeah. in the first round, one was in the second round. Yeah. And uh, but but overall, it was a really good fight. I had it was fun. It was entertaining. Very entertaining. And uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, it All was right. A, it was a good comeback fight for Dusko. Yeah, I'm gonna give some love here to to Javier Asansao because I like Asansao and I, Victor Henry. He's good. Victor Henry's good. He has. Yeah. He just didn't couldn't get it done, man. He just. He just didn't seem like he didn't believe in what he brought to the table. He didn't believe in it. He didn't throw it enough. He was just pot shotting. You can't do that with the Sun Sal. Like you, he's too he's too knowledgeable. He's too educated when it comes to the fight game. He's seen it all. He's been there. He's done it all. He fought a great fight. I was very impressed by his performance. I I, I was shocked by his performance. I'm being honest because I haven't seen that from him lately, where he was actually. You know, looking to he was always a counterfighter in the in the past. You know, go back to his fights like you know with Uriah Faber and stuff. You know, and he would wait and he, he would counter beautifully. And you go, he left that, and then he almost got to the point where the stand up was so like I don't want to be there that he was diving for takedowns. You know, shooting from the outside. And you're going, what are you doing? You used to at least use your hands to mm -hmm. set up your grappling, and in this one he did. You know, I, I and. It, I thought Victor Henry, who I thought was going to win the fight, so I was definitely wrong. I thought that he was going to use his hands more, but it was the grappling of Sun Tzu, just the threat of it, I think, that kept Henry from being as effective in the stand-up as he could have been, wanted to be. Yeah. And the fight just played out where eventually he was, you know, he was falling behind. And he just wasn't able to catch up with it. Yeah. And you got to give it. It was, it was the... A Sun Tzu and his maturity as a fighter, all of that ring experience, it paid off. Yeah. Um, Alonzo Menafield versus... Oh, uh, Sirkinov. Sirkinov. Misha, I'm sorry, man. 
dude, man, you know, as soon as you, you when you watch, you, if you go back and watch that fight, Josh, and you know, you, you see it, when you see a guy reaching with both hands out in the positions that Misha Serkinov was reaching for Minifield, I'm looking, I'm going, oh God, this is not going to go good for you. This is bad. You, you cannot do, those are the things from the, you know, the, 1996 guys could get away with that for you know in, in ways man in today's sport you have got to use your hands the proper way mm -hmm. to get inside to be able to you know get a hold of your opponent if that's what you want to do to take him to the ground and misha just wasn't doing it and you know it comes to a point you know misha had his his spurt his run but this is he needs to he needs to take a long look at what you know is going on with his career and the way that he fought this fight mm -hmm. tells me that you know what it's time to start looking that this is this is might be the time to pull the plug on this because look he got brutally knocked out he got hit with yeah you know everything everything he could get hit with you know landing as far as it touched him as he's falling down he hits the ground he got hit more and you look and you go, you know, congratulations to Alonzo Menafield. He's looking better and better. He's getting better. Mm -hmm. He looks more relaxed in the cage. And uh, this was a good fight for him, but it definitely was not a good fight for Misha Serkinov. Yeah. It just the, the power was very evident and the way that Menafield was throwing it. It was, I wouldn't say reckless. It just was. He just knew. Confidence. Like, I've got you going backwards. You are not landing a shot against me. It's going to put me out. I'm going to land something against you. As long as I, th I think Alonzo Menafield realized, as long as I got you going backwards, yeah. and you're not you're not stable on that back foot, you're afraid of being hit by me because you understand what I possess. He's like, I got this, and sure enough, didn't take long. Um, go ahead. Let me see what else. Oh, I'm sorry, my eyes are really bad. I'm trying to read it here. <laughs> Can you make it? Can you make it a little bit bigger, buddy? Dave, can you, can you zoom us? Yeah, there you we go, it? buddy. My eyes are old. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so uh, Brito, uh, is that how you say his name? Brito? Yeah. Brito versus Alexander. Um, Good fight, man. I thought it was a good fight up until the choke. I mean, it was they were exchanging back and forth. Brito uh, had some good uh, good uh, exchanges. I love how fast he was when he got the takedown, jumped to the back. And I loved how he consistently went back to looking for the back never gave up on it mm -hmm. eventually got the hooked in you can tell physically very strong yeah you know he was trying to do that face crank for a little bit and you can mm -hmm. see that alexander was having some problems you know and but he got his way through it but brito just too much as far as he, he's got it i really want to see him put into i hate to say this is not right and it's not nice mm -hmm. but i want to see him put in a bad position i want to see him be mm -hmm. the nail to see how he responds because he's got the bully part down. Yeah. You know, he's fast, he's explosive, he's strong, and you're great when you're the hammer. I just, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that yeah. he, he's, he's not able to take, you know, having someone who's putting it back on him and then, and then respond and come back, yeah. but I want to see it. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I look, I think if you watch that fight, the way he gets to take down, the way he gets the hooks in, I do a lot of that myself. And from when I was fighting, I did that to Benson a couple of times. You just get the takedown as soon as you get it. As soon as they go to pop up, there's that hole between the arm, the elbow, and the knee. You slide that hook in, and then you, the rest of it should be history. You should be able to get that quite a bit. It's about how you return them to the mat. You mat return them. How do they build their base back up? Do they do it where they're tight? Do they slide their elbows and their knees together so you can't get the hook in? 
but majority of the time they don't. They actually just roll to their belly and kind of posture up on their their hands yep. or their elbows, and there's that gap there for you to go ahead and insert your your hook in. But uh, he did he fantastic, and when he got to the back, he did what he had to do. Um, is there any other fights on here you want to talk about? There was Vergara versus uh, Tara, who had this uh, Tara or whatever had the submission. And you've got Pete Rodriguez versus Mike Jackson. Yeah, Pete Rodriguez coming out. I said, look at this, is a good fight for Pete. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, like I said, Pete came in. They put him against you know someone. And he was a last second replacement. You know, a lot of people look. Oh, he's not that guy. No, he's a tough dude. I've seen him in California. He's a very tough guy, tough fighter, and he proved that against Mike Jackson. No, nothing against Mike Jackson. Look, you know, you you you've had some fights in the UFC. You're not ready for the level of yeah. fighters that are there. You know, whatever the contract is and stuff, it's time for Mike Jackson to say, okay, I, you know, I had my run and everything like yeah. that because he got brutally knocked out by that. Yeah, game. it was nasty. Nasty. And then he got the follow-up punch afterwards. Yeah. Like, when, yeah. when you're landing, and so, someone actually said you know, he got Nelmarked. You, know, <laughs> you remember Steve Nelmark got knocked yeah. out by Tank Abbott and folded yes. backwards in the same fucking fashion. You yeah. go, oh, that's bad. But, you know, not, and, and no disrespect at all <clears throat> no. to Mike Jackson as far as, hey, Man, you know, you had you had a nice little, you know, go there. I don't want to see you get hurt. I don't want to yep. see you get, you know, put in that uh, position again and stuff. And he's older, so it's not like, you know, why are you doing it? You know, there's not going to be a championship yeah. run, okay? That's yeah. definitely not going to happen. So is it the money and you're not making that much money, you know, yeah. with where you're at? So yeah, health-wise, I'd like to see him just say, okay, that's enough. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk on the fight night at the Apex. All right, now we're going to jump into some boxing. we got Deontay Wilder, who was back last night. Ooh. And Hellenius, he fought uh, Robert Hellenius. Just, I mean, look, this is what we've, we've grown to expect from Wilder. Um, obviously, the, the talent that he has fought leading up to this fight, they are the talent that will drag him into deep waters, whether it was Ortiz or Fury. But he's been in those deep water situations, he's gotten finishes and knockouts in the last round. Uh, he's got drops, you know, against Wilder or not Wilder, but Fury in the in the in the last rounds. I mean, he is he possesses that power. Power then power never goes away. Nope. He still has it in the later rounds, but for sure he has it in the fir- in the in the first couple rounds, and he showed it. It was on display. Holy shit. He has got the power. <laughs> it, was, it was a nasty knockout, John. So, somehow, Deontay Wilder, as he was growing up, started praying to the pagan gods, and they gave him Thor's hammer in his right hand <laughs> because the dude can just. Yeah. So he was, he was going backwards in that, you know, step back and then, you know, hit the basically hit the corner turnbuckle and launch that right hand, and it, it never even extended out. Normally, you get all that power close to the end of that. You know, it's not when it's so tight. He came across with that, and it wasn't like, oh, he hurt him. He fucking put him out. Yeah. And Hellenius was out. You look and you go, that's just something that, you know, power like that is rare. You know, that type of power. It's amazing that, you know, someone like Tyson Fury got knocked down, especially in that one in the 12th round. It got up. Mm-hmm. He did the Undertaker sit-up. Yeah. But nice win by Deontay, you know, and, uh, you know, he's that guy. You know, you take a look, and there's not that many great heavyweights. He's a great heavyweight, man, and he's fun to watch. But 
But Johnny's not a big. He's not a big heavyweight either. No, he's People, not. He's tall. He's long. Oh, he's he's six foot seven. Yeah, he's yeah. big. Like, yeah, sure, he's big. But yeah. weight wise, he's not a Tyson Fury type. Well, weight. What he when he fought Tyson Fury the first time? You remember what he weighed? I think two twenty four. No, less than that. Two eighteen. Jesus, two eighteen at six foot seven. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I, know, I think the second time he weighed 230, right? Yes, 231, he tried to get 32, bigger. Yeah. He tried to get bigger, but yeah. Um, look, he's he's a special individual. He's a very and he doesn't get enough love. I've I've gotten on him a little bit, you know, in the past about some stuff. I'm like, don't. But for me, I got on him with about the excuses. Yeah, it was this and that, and it no, was always costume, something else. The walkout, yeah, the con. Uh, it weighed yeah. too much, and it made me tired. I was like. Stop! Stop! Yes. Give Tyson That's Fury it. his give Tyson Fury his due. On top of that, bro, you had a he had a great fight in that first fight. I mean, like he could have done more, sure, but you know he had some. That fight was a great fight, and so when I look at that fight, I'm like, man. Then to see this fight, this it lets you know there's such a huge gap between yeah. Tyson Fury, Wilder. Put I put Joshua in there, um, uh, Usyk. You've got, yep. you know, you've got these guys that are in there that are yeah, just. Yeah, you, you've got a base of four guys that you could look at and say, man, if you could just start crossing those over and, yeah. and matching them up. I know, like I'll, Ruiz. Ruiz should be up in that mix, too. I like him. I know he's got. Little, I hate he's a little to say small. Little small. He's like Usyk. Stature, yeah, he's yes, like Usyk, he's stature like Usyk. wise. I like yeah. to see him and Usyk fight. I would love to see Anthony Ruiz and Usyk yeah, fight. That would be a great fight. fight. Yeah. You got a couple of things, though. The un, the co-main of the uh, Deontay Wilder fight was Caleb Plant against yeah. Anthony Durrell. And, boy, I'll tell you what, there was a lot of disrespect going back both ways on that one. You know, and, uh, yeah, dude, Caleb Plant planted Anthony yeah. Durrell with that one shot. You know, and you look and you go, but I want to give it up for Stitch Duran was in the corner of Caleb Plant. It's always good to see Stitch working. The other part that was is funny though, is Don House was in the corner of Deontay Wilder. Don House, you know from the UFC, yeah. he's been a cut man with the UFC forever, but he's also a trainer. Well, Don House used to be the trainer for uh, Stavern, who was a big time heavyweight that fought Deontay Wilder twice. Oh wow! He fought Deontay for the the heavyweight championship when Deontay won it the first time, and Don House was the trainer for Stavern. And so that fight was coming up, and and Don House and I were arguing back and forth. He's saying, he goes, I guarantee you Stefan's going to fucking knock him out. And I go, dude, if there's anyone getting knocked out, you know, <laughs> let's be honest. I said, I'm not saying you can't win. And he goes, bullshit, we're, we're knocking him out, right? Well, then they lose they lose the fight. Stavern, they fight then they fight fight the rematch, and Deontay just fucking torched Stavern. But now Don House has jumped over to the Deontay Wilder side and he's, he's his trainer. I'm like, way to go, Don. That's the way. He's hey, uh, that side's better. I'm going there. Uh, <laughs> um, Caleb Plant and uh, Darrell. Darrell, I'm surprised he's still fighting. He's he's older now. Yeah, well, but you know he's got a great record. That made him what 34 and four. Yeah, he only had three losses in his career. Darrell kind of came up when uh, Super Six. Yes. Right and yeah, I'm just trying to remember back. I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, remember, uh, still... remember Abraham. Abraham yeah. gave him problems from Germany. He, he could not, you know. Abraham just kept walking him down with those yeah. hands up high. But you know, he, the guy has the hands up high. There's things you can do, but uh, yeah, 
that was that was not a, a good fight for Darrell. He, yeah, Darrell was involved in that. Darrell was yeah. a very high prospect in that in that whole thing. Oh, it was yeah. him. It was um, uh, Jermaine Taylor, Jermaine Taylor, Andre Ward, Frotch, Frotch, uh, the kid um, from Denmark. Yeah. Um, God damn, I can't think of his name now. Oh, he fought Mikhail, that. Mikhail, Mikhail, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly uh, it. It was Mikhail. Uh, God, I can't remember his last name. But damn I, it. He fought. He fought Andre Ward in the first round. Aloyan. Nope. No, no. Uh, no. He's from Denmark. No, he's from no. Denmark. Look up if you look up Andre Ward. Just look up Super Six. Or look up Super Six. Yeah. Kessler. 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 Yeah. That's it. Mikhail Kessler. I liked him a lot. I watched him fight uh, Ward here in uh, San Jose in, in Oakland. That's exactly the fought. fight I'm talking about. He complained yeah. about headbutts. Uh, he got he because he, he did he got cut a couple of times from yeah. them clashing heads, but it's just. Yeah. He didn't understand how to stop the style of Andre Ward. Andre Ward could yeah. fight everywhere. Andre Ward could fight inside, outside. He could slug. He could box. The dude could do it all. And he decided the best way to get past Kessler was to get inside into his chest and throw body shots and uppercuts. Yeah. Kessler had no fucking, no, you know, idea how to stop it. Yeah. And, you know, they clashed heads a couple times. My friend Andre was Ward was it, so he got he got uh, he got yelled at. Andre Ward was another. Um, he was another Barry Sanders. Oh, fuck. Yes. he was so like, okay, good. I've done it all. I'm I've done this. See, but, retired, at, retired, and undefeated, and that's the whole thing. Retired, undefeated. What thirty one and zero? Yes, I want to say. And I mean, you look and you go, way to go, Andre. You know, yeah. and and I, and I know Andre. He's a great guy. Yeah. You know, he had some contract disputes and stuff, and there was some times that he wasn't fighting. Mm-hmm. Based upon because he was signed with Joe Goosen for a long time, yeah, and that yep. that did not end well. <laughs> and so that's uh, uh, what are you gonna do? That's it. Uh, all right. The other the other car the other the other boxing match. There's a couple other ones, but the other boxing match that we watched was the De- uh, Devin Haney fight. Devin Haney, Cambosis, and Cambosis. John, I was texting you through this fight. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, make it stop, make it stop. <laughs> I was like. I just felt bad for Cambosis after the first two rounds. After the Haney, yeah, first Haney round, figured him out. I gave Cambosis the first was, round. <laughs> I, I think I did too. It was yeah. close, but I, I don't. I didn't really. The guy always look at the first round as like a Muay Thai fight where they're just filling each other out, and there's yeah, not really much to going a point. on. So you pick and choose who you want. Look, uh, Devin unless, Haney unless, is unless the he's wild a talent. Fight. You know, <laughs> he is. He's a talent. He comes from you know the same area as Andre Ward, and you look and you go ah. Man, tell you what, he's got the skills. He doesn't have the punching power. Uh, he's oh. he's more of a volume guy. But man, when you talk, he's hard to hit. He's, it's he's in there. And he's smart about. And you know, this is what we were texting. And I said his clinch work. You you take a look, and you, we talk. We talked about rhythm of a fight, and a fighter will get into a rhythm and stuff. And and you know, people will say, you know, clinching that's illegal in boxing. No, it's not. Holding is illegal clinching is not and so it's the way that you use the clinch at times now when he's holding yeah that's illegal but he uses it to disrupt the pattern Mm -hmm. of his opponent his opponent starts to come at him he does certain things you look and you go yeah what you're doing right now is illegal but the referee's not going to take points or anything from that as far as things and he just uses it so intelligently you know, as he's out there fighting and he breaks his opponent down by stopping their, 
you know, their little moments of they're doing well. And he circles on them and all of a sudden, touch, touch, touch. And you go, the guy's smart. He's a smart boxer. He's fast. He's physically gifted. He's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. He, look, what I, what I like is I like fighters that they, they can dig deep when they need to. They use their footwork and their ability to just outsmart other fighters. Now, let's be honest. It's not the most exciting way to nope, <laughs> fight. It's not. It's not. But this young man, he should be around for a long time with the abilities that he has. Not to mention, like, he seems, maybe I've, maybe I've missed it. He does sometimes step over the line with the trash talk in the lead up to the fight, but He's very well spoken about it. Like I don't know, just the way that he talks yeah. trash. I'm a, like he is. Well, that's hello. me. Well, yeah. hello, buddy. The, that's the neighborhood that I'm in. The, See, they finally <laughs> found you. <laughs> Pick him up, get him out of here. They're coming for you. He's he's uh he's extremely talented. He's very smart with the way he fights. He's just a good fighter, man. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. He continues to evolve. He's, you could just see he was brimming with confidence as he walked into that ring yeah. and just he, after he figured out that first round with all the switching from Cambosis, it was just like okay look nothing's coming off of the switching i'm just, just every time you switch i'm gonna touch you and it just became easier and easier as the rounds went on i was waiting for Cambosis' coaches to say look especially in the 10th round in that 10th round he got his at Cambosis got just peppered Hey, <laughs> something's on peppered. fire here. Yeah, and I we I on thought, fire. And I thought it's for sure <laughs> I would have thought Cambosis would have um would have uh would have his corner would have said, okay, look, you got to give me one more round. Just show me something. You don't show me anything, I'm stopping this because he was losing that fight after yeah. round two. It was, yeah, it was all Haney. Exactly, and when, like you're saying, right when it got into the ninth, tenth, he was getting peppered. Yeah, he was taking some shots. He's like, come on, man. You got to show me that you're gonna, be, you can be competitive in this, and you have a chance. But look, and it's not that Cambos is a tough fighter, man. He's good, he's mm-hmm. game. He just doesn't have it. It reminds me of the old, you know, Jake Lamada fought Sugar Ray Robinson six times. That was before all of our times, John. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but Sugar Ray Robinson was the kind of fighter like Devin Haney, just so good boxer, but he had power. But, you know, Jake LaMotta, you know, as good as he was, you know, he won one of them, you know, but it was, uh, it, that's just not a good fight for Cambosis mm. against Haiti. No. Like, if you're Cambosis, where do you go from here on that? I mean, you know, like, you, there's other guys I know he can fight, but I'm saying, like, mentally, you need to build yourself back up. Yep. I mean, because the first fight wasn't close. Haney oh. ran away with it. And the second fight to me was worse. I thought for sure in the 10th round, Haney could have got him out of there, had he a little bit more push. Yeah, He had him rocked. He had him hurt. He was stumbling around. I was like, oh, this is not. Stop the fight. Yeah. I mean, he, he just looks – Cambos looks so slow. He was missing, lunging in with stuff. You could tell the speed was really freezing him up. Haney would just flinch and, and faint, and it was it was all bad. So. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Haney fight again. I'm looking forward to seeing where Cambosis goes from here and how he regroups, who he fights next, what do they do with him, market him, and that type of stuff. So, yeah, we'll see. Clarissa uh, Shields, man, you got to give it to her. You got to give it to her in that fight against Marshall. She, uh, 
we talked about, ah, you know, she's been training MMA. I'm not sure that that's a yeah. good thing. I'll tell you what, man, she bit down on that mouthpiece. She was having some problems at times. And, you know, Marshall just kept coming after her, walking her down, putting her into the ropes, landing shots, good head movement. And Clarissa was throwing heavy shots, heavy heat. Mm -hmm. Some of them missing, which normally gasses you. But, she, you know, every round came back out, throwing hard. I, you know, unbe you know unbelievable as far as the heart that she has when she steps in that boxing ring. She's confident. She believes that she's going to win. You can just see the difference between her as a boxer or as an MMA fighter because it's just the confidence as an MMA fighter is just not there because there's too many elements that yeah. she's not confident in right now that can that can occur in the cage. But man, as a boxer, you got to give it up to her because Marshall came after her and I thought she fought a great fight, but Clarissa ended up you know edging it out. I thought she should have edged it out. It was close. She went into her home, you know, her backyard to do it. That was a hell of a win for her. Yeah, I was concerned about Clarissa Shields and her coming off the MMA experience. Yeah. Like, they're just completely different sports. Like, no doubt, I'm going to tell you a little story real quick. Is DC was, you know, obviously training MMA for a while, and he was getting ready to fight. Uh, I think it was John for the first time. And he went back to the Olympic Training Center and was wrestling with those guys there and a couple other locations where he was wrestling. And Bob Cook was telling me, I didn't see this and witness this. He's like, but the kids that were the younger talent that was like number one, number two on the Olympic ladder. He's like, man, they made DC look like he didn't wrestle. He didn't <laughs> yeah. know how to wrestle at all. He hadn't wrestled in a while. And so it wasn't the level of wrestling that, you know, that they was wrestling with at AKA, obviously, with, with just Kane and a couple yeah. other guys that came in. Arjun was there. And so sure, he had good wrestlers, but they weren't that caliber of wrestler. But it's also a different sport. And so I was concerned that Clarissa Shields would be like, look, she was so far removed from boxing just because of the experience of trying to get into MMA. How much has it slowed her down? How much is it she got? Does she have to pick up on the footwork? Yeah. You know, the sliding in and out, the stepping to the corner, all of those things make a huge difference when you're fighting somebody at the level of Marshall. And like DC found out when he went back to the to, to wrestle with those guys, these guys are. He's like, man, they're just grinding on you. They're just pumping on you. They're just hanging on you. They're making you tired. He's like, man. It, and even DC came back. He's like, fuck. It was horrible. He's like, I hated it. I hated every second of it. So, you know, he thought, I think he thought he was going to go in that room and just fling them all around and stuff, but it was just, it was fun to see. I didn't see it, but it was fun to hear about it. And Bob's like, he's like, it was finally nice to see DC get what he deserves. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> uh, just some good times, man. Those guys, it, they were, it was always fun to hear the stories of whether it was wrestling stories or man, if you guys ever get a chance to hang around with Mike, Van, Mike Van Arsdale, you gotta have him tell the story about Kenny Monday. Oh. It's he will tell you a story about Kenny Monday. Just it's just so fucking funny. I can't. I don't want to ruin it and say it, but if you guys ever had a chance to try to get him on the phone or interview him or do whatever, he has some of the best wrestling stories ever with Mark Kerr, Kenny Monday, uh, Kevin, Kevin Jackson. Jackson just yep. so fucking fun, man. So fun. Uh, all right. Well, that's gonna wrap up our boxing talk, Dave. We uh, we got some news, man. Let's get into some yep. news. Let's go. Yeah, let's talk. Um, so. Uh, Brandon Ravile tweeted out that he is the fight with Askarov is off for the upcoming UFC fight card. Um, he tweets out, woke up at 127. Before I started the weight cut, I heard my opponent's not going to make weight. They turned down a catch weight, so it looks like the fight's off. Heartbroken, but thank you. At Tyler Min 
and uh, nutrition for an easy weight cut. We stay professional on our end. You know, I, I don't know what happened there. And I saw that uh, come out and you take a look and you go, hey, I feel bad for Brandon because if, when he doesn't step on the scale, normally he doesn't get paid, you know, and uh, I'm sure the UFC is going to take care of him. They're going to try to get him a fight right away. I don't know what happened with, you know, Askarov. That's it's just it's so wrong as far as not making weight. But then when you're offered a catch weight and you don't take that either, what the hell's going on? What was the catch weight, though? If it was two pounds, if it was like, it's, I mean, obviously, if you're struggling that much to make the, the original weight, you yeah. already get the pound allowance and you're going to offer them just two more pounds. Of course, I would have loved to have seen the fight. I don't blame Roy Vall for not taking the fight or not not for, for offering the catch weight. Sorry, for offering the catch weight. Yeah, okay. But if they turned it down, it could have been two pounds, you know, and then he'd be like, look, I need, I need, I need five or I need four and a half, whatever it is, you know, like, you don't understand what I'm saying to deplete themselves so much. I'm not a fan of fighters that don't make weight, but I don't want to get caught up in the, in the verbiage here. Yeah. We offered him a catch weight, but he turned it down. What'd you offer him? Two pounds? Probably. Cause what did he say? I woke up at what? 127. Yeah. So he probably offered him to be like, no, 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 no. He probably wanted five pounds. Like, look, let's just make it five so I can stop my cut now. And he probably was like, no, I'm not giving you a five-pound allowance. You know, and it was just smart by Roval, though, too. Don't yeah. take a against yeah. a dangerous fighter to give him five. Now, Askarov maybe was also just having kidney problem. Maybe, maybe I don't want to say, but maybe having some other issues of just it was too much. Really yeah. affected him and decided to completely pull out of the fight. Sorry, um, I think I said upcoming. I mean. I mean, yeah, for a lot. We, we knew. Sorry. Yeah, we understood. Yeah, we got you. We got you, buddy. We got. You. Uh, but overall, I mean, like, I'm sure either they'll try to put that fight back together again on another card, mm -hmm. or they'll just have Roy Vall fight somewhere else, and um, Askarov can wait and be patient. Yeah, but if you're Roy Vall, do you want? You know, I hate when someone doesn't make weight. You look and you go, "Do you want to sign a contract and say I'm going to no. fight this guy again? Go through." You know the training, go through all the everything, and to have it happen again—it's a tough well, one. Actually, to be honest, John, I would take this as a, as a blessing because Askarov's an extremely tough fight. Yeah. Give me somebody else. Yeah, you didn't make weight. I, I was there. I was professional. I was ready to go. I did everything I was else. supposed to do. That's right. That's your good way of just skipping that person and getting <laughs> getting to the next, getting up to the next level, just whoever. Uh, uh. So uh, sometimes you got to be smart about it, man. Sometimes like, hey, this, you do. this is the way it worked out. I'm going to fucking use it to my advantage. Awesome. All right, next. All right, ne <clears throat> next story here. So there's a report that um, Jones and Stipe is being targeted for December 10th. Um, so the report um, is here from Ariel Hawani's tweet. So I'll read off the tweets to you, and then we can discuss. Um, there's you know, there's who, no who mention of a Who title, reported so. it first? Do we know? Or was so it, I'm just seeing... Ariel's Ariel tweets, got um, so you know, there's a good chance based on what he's saying. It sounds like he's getting you know, his it. inside source. So he tweets out, UFC has been in dialogue with Jones's team about fighting in the main event on December 10th, sources say. I'm told Jones wants in. Initial hope was in Ghana Jones, but given in Ghana's knee recovery and contact, uh, contract status, um, it's a long shot. Option two is Miocic, um, but that's not close to done. 
if they can get Jones Miocic done, uh, that'll be the UFC 282 main. If not, the main will be Prochaska and Teixeira, which was announced, I think, right around the same time he tweeted this, which was made official. Um, and if they can't get Jones Miocic done for 12-10, they'll set their sights on doing Ngannou Jones in March if Ngannou re-signs developing. Well, it's real simple. No matter what, if you're taking a look at what they're saying there, you have a championship fight with Yuri Prochaska against Glover Teixeira. The only way that you can make Miocic versus Jones the main event over a championship fight in reality is make it a championship fight. That means that they're looking at making an interim title for that fight. Or they've given up contract negotiations with Ngannou well, and they're just going to call it what it is. Maybe. The title shot. Um, but, John, that's not the only way. I mean, the UFC can do whatever they want. They can put a title shot. They can put a non-title fight up there. They okay. don't do that. You know, know. You know, just like I do, it's, it's a matter of disrespect to your champions that you're putting something as a main event that is not a championship fight, we'll say, above you. They're not going to do that. Yeah, but I, I know, I know it's, <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> when does it happen? It, it drives you and I nuts. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not. I said in the UFC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bellator did it totally wrong. And we told him, you're totally <laughs> wrong. Uh, it, the, the explanation was because it was Fedor, but I'm like, it's I don't still. Care. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Don't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I agree. I think it's got to be a title shot. The title shot's got to be up there at the top. Now, I don't know if you put an interim title shot ahead of a, of a current champion. I don't know about you that. You can but. say, oh, well, it's a, it's a heavyweight fight, light heavyweight. We go by weights normally as far as where we stack them and stuff. I can, But, man, it's got to be a title fight. It has to yeah, be. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the expectation was always to make an interim title shot with John Jones if yeah. if Ngannou wasn't going to fight him. But I don't know. We'll see. Look, Stipe has been so far removed now. It's been over a year, I think, now. Oh, like John Jones is not far removed? Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is very true, John. I'm glad you put me in my place right there. I don't, I don't mean I wasn't. I wasn't even trying to put you in your place. I'm just John saying, Jones Jesus has been out Christ. longer than Henry Cejudo. Hello, that's fucking crazy. Is that fucking nuts? I guess I just look at it as like John is someone that he's just levels above almost everyone else. That I mean, maybe he needed the time off. <laughs> just let's maybe we can even the playing field. I guess, I don't know. Yeah, what's Stipe now? Stipe is also 40 now, 39? Oh, yeah. So, oh, well, it should be. Craziness. We'll see what happens. I mean, either way, I'm excited to see John back in the cage. That's one. Two is, I'd like to see, I, I, I've always wanted to see the Stipe and John fight. That would be a good fight. It would be a great fight. Yeah, so, it would be. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens. See. All right. See how they next. do it. Next. All right. Uh, next story here. I want to get your thoughts on this situation uh, between Masvidal and Leon Edwards. So Masvidal was in an interview um, and he made comments towards Leon. Um, the comments were as follows. Leon, fucking step up to the plate, bro. You begged and cried and did all this bullshit before when I was fighting for the titles. Now you got the belt. Let's go. So, you know, Masvidal calling for the title fight. Um, and then Leon responds... 
Refer to me as Mr. Edwards or Sir and get on your knees and beg and I may consider it. Yeah, I love it. Nice. Hey. Look, this is what happens when you're king. Okay, and for a while there, Masvidal, although he wasn't the champ, he was king of the situation and he he could dictate, you know, who he was going to fight, you know, and all that now. Shoes on the other foot. And Masvidal's like, he's, he's trying. I'll give him credit. He's trying. But he's got no fucking sway no. in this. The, I mean, Leon's not going to fight him. No. Leon's like, no, man. There's no reason. You, you weren't even hearing me when I was when I was there saying, hey, you fucking hit me in the back. Fucking I want to get it back. Let's go. And you weren't hearing me. Yep. And I'm a, I'm a big Masvidal fan, man. Yeah. I like George. And I've trained with Leon. I like both of them, um, but why, why Le- would Le- a champion take on a guy that's got multiple yeah. losses in a row? Yeah, doesn't make sense. Nope, it doesn't. I mean, and and Leon, Leon's, Leon's the champ. Yeah, like, he's not the he's not the BMF not, champ. Nope. He's not the guy that fought for the title three times. He's he's the champ, and so <laughs> he's reached something that that Masvidal hasn't reached yet, and it's. And he's going to use that to his advantage every step. As he should. As he goes. As he should. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I also think Leon, he, I think to me, is really going to have to stay focused on Usman. I agree. That fight's supposed to happen sometime in, what they say, February, March, yeah. something like that. They're supposed yep. to run that fight back. So he's going to have to stay dedicated to the craft. He's going to have to stay dedicated to understanding, like, oh, that first fight was not going my way. I've got to make some changes and adjustments. I've got to mix this thing up. And so, oh, sorry, the two fights. Two fights <laughs> Second bad. fight. Second fight. So, um, yeah, he, I think he understands that. And so he understands that he's going to have to stay in that room dedicated to, to making himself better from that. Yeah, he's got to look fight. at, he's got to look at what, you know, went wrong in that second mm-hmm. fight, why he was having problems at times. He's got to fix those. Yeah. 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 Because he wasn't pulling the trigger. That's what the problem was. I agree. You know, so he wasn't pulling the trigger. He's going to have to fix that. But I don't think this fight's going to happen. I think if Leon loses the title, then you potentially could see it happen because now he doesn't have as much negotiation. No, then, then Masvidal doesn't want the fight. <laughs> yeah, then he doesn't want the fight. Nah, but it's, yeah. Hey, this is this is the great thing about it. See, there's characters involved in this sport. Yeah. And, John, we, we've we always got, uh, we've, I've said what I've had to say about fighter pay. Some fighters are not happy about it. But I've said what I've had to say about fighters pay. But guys like Nate Diaz, guys like Masvidal, guys that have have a lot of losses on the record, but a lot of significant wins. Those fighters we would never hear about in boxing. You wouldn't hear about these fighters. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't be able to have these fighters headline shows that people would ever give a shit about. But if you had Leon and and uh, and Masvidal headline a show, even if Leon wasn't the champ, I'd fucking tune in. Sure, I'd watch that fight. Yeah, I mean, that's because you have characters in this in in MMA. The, the the platform and the the way that they put together these cards you're you're able to build up the young talent and they can eventually later on headline a card no one pays attention I, do you know who was on any of the undercards last on these last three boxing nights last night there was three boxing fights two of all three of them we talked about yeah do you know anybody that was on the undercard besides plant and uh, and the other guy that got knocked out and yeah. Darrell besides that fight who else? Who else was on the undercard, John? I, I didn't watch him, so thank you, didn't. thank you. Didn't. You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's my point. My point is, people, 
Nate Diaz would have never become a star. Never would have been. We would never be privy to watch all the fucking great action-packed fights that Nate Diaz put on. Mazadal, his performance over Nate, but his performance over Ben Askren. Like, we, we would have never have seen guys like Mazadal come up because they've got too many losses on their records. You know what I mean? Got to think about it, right? Guys like guys like Randy Couture. Randy, he's like a, almost a 500 fighter, right? What, 19? No, no. He was what probably he? Nine, somewhere around 19, 20 wins and probably 11, 12 losses. But, I mean, like, that's a significant amount of losses. Absolutely. In boxing, you lose one or two times, I think promoters just kind of give up on you. You're like, yeah, for a while. you know, it's very unless rare that you have a boxer. Unless something special with your personality. Yeah, unless you're a boxer that has, I mean, like, what? what's his name? The, the one that always talks a lot. Um, used to be with the Mayweather camp. God, I can't Broner? Guys. Broner. That guy. <laughs> he just digs himself a hole every single time. But but he's got talent. He's got some yeah. talent, but he's got a talking mouthpiece, and that's what keeps him in the loop, I think. Yeah. But he's got a lot of loss. He's got, what, f- three losses, four, something like that? He's got, yeah. he's got a couple losses. And so with him, it's like they keep him around because he's a talking mouthpiece, but it's very rare you're going to find those kind of fighters. I like the platform that the way that the MMA is broken up. You've got a lot of prelims. You build your stars there. People tune in for it. There's more ways to win, submission-wise, knockout, you know, all different types of elbows, knees, all that stuff. There's so many different ways to win the fight. BJ Penn's almost a 500 fighter. He's a 500. But you look at the fighters that he's fought. Oh, I know. And I go back through all the stuff. I'm like, man, like people would have stopped watching him. I fucking always watch that guy. This guy, too, with Randy, other guys that have come up that have become, that have lost a lot of fights we would have never have seen those guys fight at, at towards the end of their career and they had some of the best fights towards the end of their career yeah. i mean people thought people wrote randy tour off right before he fought uh chuck liddell and then he went out there and spanked chuck you know and then chuck USC came 43 yep and then chuck came Just back came like, yeah yes <laughs> and then chuck came yeah. out um and then chuck came out and um Got the you know got the wins back all over him, but then mm-hmm. the same thing with the you know when he went up to heavyweight, went back down. Randy was one of those guys. Everyone everyone always wrote him off, but then he came out and had some of the best performances when people wrote him off. When he That's was right. the underdog, he fought his fucking ass off. Yep. So those are guys that I feel like in boxing we're never going to see the whole the whole uh, Andy Ruiz situation. Like people didn't no one talked about it because he had two losses or one loss. I think he had one loss. No he one has, ever talked about him. He has two the way, losses. He's got two losses. Two losses now. total. You know, and so people wrote him off because of the way he looked, sure. you know, didn't really have a t- not a big talking mouthpiece. But the guy could fucking box. Yes, he can. And so there's, it's like we would never have been been able to see fighters like that or guys like Randy and continue to watch guys like BJ or other fighters that have had a lot of losses because we would have just wrote him off. In Look a at Vanderlei Silva. Yeah. You know, Vanderlei Silva's he's. He's up in probably double digits and losses and stuff. Yeah. But like when he fought Chuck, look, Chuck was not having a, an easy go at that time. He had lost his title to Quentin and everything and had some tough fights, lost to uh, Keith Jardine, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. you look and you know, he had an incredible, both of those guys had incredible performances when they matched up. You know, that was an awesome fight. So you never, yeah. you know, the, it's about the fighter and it's about, as long as the fighter is competing against top talent, I don't give a shit if they win or lose. I care about how they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to make it entertaining. Got to have fun. That's it. Yeah, that, we, we were definitely blessed to watch that fight with Vanderlei and Chuck. That was a great fight. Yeah. Um, all right, next. 
All right, let's talk about this next one. Um, Tyron, Tyron Woodley, in an interview, made these comments. I want to get your reaction to this. He says, I suggest he come over on this side and make some money with me, talking about Diaz, because I got uh, I got a good opportunity with me and Nick or Nate or both of them. We can make quite a few million dollars, quite a few millions of dollars fighting each other. Hard to read. Mm. What do you think about that? I'm just going to be honest. Look, I love Tyrone Woodley, and I don't ever want to say anything that is disrespectful in any fashion. But as a boxer, no one cares. And when you lost to Jake Paul, you know, you lost him the first time it was a decision. The second one, that was definitely not a decision, and that was you got starched. And at that point, you know, it, just like what you've just been talking about, Josh, mm-hmm. boxing wise, you have two losses and no wins. Do you think someone's going to have pay per view money for you? That's not happening. Okay. So the, the real thing is, you could look at the Diaz brothers, and I don't blame Tyron for, for pulling out those names because they at least, you know, have people that will pay money to watch them fight. But right now, Tyron's the B side of that, and he is definitely not going to be pulling in any numbers. No one cares. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the fact if he made money in in the Paul, you know, you know, two fights with him and stuff. You know, God bless him for for making that. But boxing is not going to be where he's going to be making millions of dollars. If someone is telling him that he can, he's going to get you know millions of dollars, you know, in a fight boxing wise he better be fighting someone that everybody else wants to see that person. I'm just mm-hmm. being honest. Yeah. I know it's not nice. I, um, you say, I think you said it. It, it look, it's going to come down to the Diaz brothers. As much as people want to give them a hard time about the way they talk, the way they just, they're not stupid. No, they are not like in a boxing match. I mean, I don't think they would take that fight because they're like, Realistically, and if they did take it, I don't think they would offer Tyron Woodley a million dollars. I think they'd say, "Okay, look, we'll give you five hundred thousand, maybe, and we get the rest." I mean, if, like you said, they are the A side; they make the decisions in boxing. That's what the difference is. They make the decision on on how much my side of the purse is going to be and your side of the purse is going to be. That's and right. so, no different than when Mayweather and Pacquiao were negotiating, and it was supposed to be a fifty-fifty split. Mayweather was like, "Nope, that's not going to be a fifty-fifty split." I'm getting this much and you're getting this much. You know, eventually that fight happened, but it took it took a while because they couldn't get it right. Years. This is this is something. Yeah. It took years. This is something where the Diaz brothers right now, they hold all the cards. Even I even feel like they hold all the cards against against Jake Paul. Like you need me to validate you. I mean, I think that I think the the Anderson Civil fight's interesting because that will validate Jake Paul if he beats yes. him. Yes. That will validate him. But then when you get to that level, do you want to take that chance now, Nick or Nate, to fight Jake Paul after he just beat Anderson Silva? Because there's a different style of and size and size as well. Jake is a lot bigger than Nick. But maybe not height-wise, but I think like thickness-wise. Yeah, and, and, body-wise. And, and obviously a lot younger. And so that these are the that's kind of the the where I'm looking at. I'm like, if Jake Paul gets rid of Anderson, if I'm Nick or Nate, do I take that fight? There's a lot of money, but it's, it's got to be a ton of money because you may not ever box again after that. 
Like if you lose that fight, no one's going to want to see you fight somebody else then after that. I think Nick and Nate right now is a good opportunity for them to fight someone that they can beat, get their win, make make a million or make a two million, make five million, whatever it is. And because they will sell, they will move on to the next and then move on to the next and then maybe build up that fight with Jake Paul. I don't think taking that fight directly with Jake Paul, if he does beat Anderson Silva is a wise thing to do. Yeah. But do you look at them taking a fight with Tyron Woodley? I don't think so. I don't either. If I did, I mean, I think it would be like a, I pay you 500 and, you know, or less or, you know, or more or whatever, but it won't be a million dollars. You know, it'd be them taking all the money, which would be, which is how boxing negotiates. Yeah, I'm the draw. I'm the name. 80% goes to the fighters. Yeah. 20% goes to the promoters. Yeah. But those, that 80% is structured. Yeah. Usually one side gets a majority of it. Yep. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I had, I had someone reach out to me asking me to fight Nate in a boxing match. And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'm good, man. Cheers. I'm good. Yeah. So, yeah, I just was like, nah. They're like, hey, we, there's a lot of money. that we, I was like, nope, I have no desire to fight anymore, man. I'm good. If I was going to fight on, someone, Josh. though. No. If I was, was going to fight somebody, it'd be Nate. But I just have no desire to fight anybody. Oh, I, don't desire, I don't have no desire to get fucking hit anymore, you guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> just none. It changes, none. man. So already, Your brain's already mush, though. You might as well just... <laughs> That's our man. Make a few million and and says says the guy who needs subtitles to fucking understand what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, next. All right, we're gonna wrap up on this one. Uh, Hashtag Snubgate 2022. Dominic Reyes um, is not so happy about being on the uh, opener for the prelims uh, on ESPN Plus on the UFC 281 card. Wow. Uh, yeah, you, so you can explain that one. Josh <laughs> oh, oh, ruthless. Oh, ruthless. Someone ruthless. pissed somebody off. Yeah, I, I mean, my thought. I'm wondering if if Ray is fucked Dana's side piece. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Do you you must you must have been caught talking or buying Dana's side piece a drink. At the bar or the casino or something. I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. First off, he's what? 6'5", 6'6". He fights at 205. He was a title contender. He had some great fights. Main eventer. How are you the opening fight on the prelims? Jesus. And this is, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Like, this is what I talk about is, dude, you're on the undercard of the undercard. You're not even on the main undercard. You're on the undercard of the undercard. That I would be so pissed, so pissed, I, snubbed. Like you did something wrong. That I don't know what you did. Maybe your your managers did something to Dana, or maybe they something. made it very difficult to negotiate. But whatever your contract is, my friend, I'd be looking to find a way. I'd be looking to fight my out my contract and go somewhere else. Because I'm gonna be honest, <coughs> when something like this happens, John, and I've we've seen it so many times. Yeah. They're not looking to build you anymore. They're looking to really just kind of. They, they they don't look to build people where there's no one in the stands. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, They're not trying to build honest. you anymore, man. So you're gonna you're gonna get those two probably fight pass fights. This is the first fight on the prelim, so it's probably be geez. like three. He'll be the third fight. There's nobody that's really gonna be there. There'll be a, a crowd of you know twenty percent of the crowd. 
That is telling you that that promotion right now, the way they feel about you, that is not a nice comment. But playing devil's advocate, let's hear is, it. If the, if the UFC says this is such a big card that we want a banger to open up the prelims to get people in seats early, good. Choose somebody else to be that banger. Yeah, <laughs> and just be honest. Like, can you pull up this card? Yeah, I know it's a stacked card. I get it. But what's the what's the second to last fight or the last fight on the on the prelims? On the prelims. Yeah. Uh, where, where are you asking me? Sorry. The last fight okay. before the main card starts is Wait, what? Why? Why is it? What? It's showing that he's not. He's number six. Let, let me let me pull up okay. this. Let me pull up this this one because uh, this one's probably the one in the UFC website is probably gonna um, have it arranged as they intend to play it out. And then Let's the see, Bryce. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So even the UFC website here doesn't have it broken out in prelims yet i mean this card is over a month away right now so um it says oh. lineup released on espn so let's let's actually just view that one and um, so here is the espn so espn it has bigger, it dude. what's that <laughs> gotta make it bigger <laughs> trust me yours is bigger than mine i can't see it at all <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh where are we where are we see how it has um uh, the espn lineup He's obviously changed since this because it has Frankie Edgar on the opening of the prelims now. Um, what? And yeah. you got to imagine that this can't be, this can't be like how they how they finalize it. No. Nah. Um, well, okay, but you said you're the one that you gave us. Yeah. So the, a story that it came out that he is. Yeah. So the but that was Dominic reacting to the news that he was the opener. Um. I'm looking at the ESPN lineup for the first time now, and ESPN is showing me that um, that their lineup that was that he referenced has has changed to Frankie Edgar and Chris scroll, Gutierrez. Scroll opening. down, scroll down. Keep in mind that Frankie and Gutierrez was only announced as well in the last couple of days, like officially. So scroll down to the early prelim ones. Who's yeah. the opener? Arce versus Jackson. You've got okay. You've got Choi and Trezano. Olberg and huh. Yeah, none of these fights deserve to be above Frankie and 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 uh Dominic. These Go down. These aren't yeah. above though. These Go. this is this is the early pre on No no I know, I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm just validating that none of those fights. Now go up, yeah. Petrosky and Turman. And then Blanchfield and Molly McCann. I mean I don't want to sound like a total prick, but they're kind of if this is the way the card is, it kind of breaks out the way it should be. I'm a Frank Yeager fan, but it's like he's not. This is his retirement fight. I get it, but he's the Tim Madison Square Garden. But they also want the crowd to get there early, and they know that Frankie's a big draw in the local area. Dominic Reyes, I mean, definitely, he also not, looked, definitely not a draw in the local area. No, he's not. If a you draw also in look local. at this um, <laughs> ESPN Plus or ESPN lineup rather. It has both these fights listed as match eight, so that also suggests that it's undetermined yet. Um, yeah, which is which you know is also. I mean, I could see them putting Frankie above Dominic Reyes. It's a I retirement think we're shooting fight. Arrows He's in the a dark. former champ. Yeah. Hey, look. To be honest, they should both probably be above uh, Blanchfield and Petrosky, but you know what? If they're where they yes, end up, they should be. They should be. But Molly McCann's coming off two big wins, and Blanchfield's fighting Molly McCann, two big wins. Yeah. And so I, I could see them why they're doing it. I could see it, but I, I don't respect it. But I could see it. 
Look, just because I don't have to agree. <laughs> I, I, I just, I got to lay it out for you guys at home listening. Like you can see why the UFC, if it was to stay the way it is that I'm looking at right now on the ESPN app or whatever it is, I can see why they're doing it this way. Dominic Reyes hasn't fought in a while. Um, you know, and Frankie Edgar is coming off a couple losses. I mean, it's, and it's his final it's fight. It's his, his final re- retirement fight. They want to get the crowd there as early as possible for his family, his friends. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much probably going to fly out myself. There's a lot of people flying in from all around to try to watch him fight his last fight. So that being said, I think they want to try to, we've seen it all the time in, in, in events where they put the hometown favorite usually in the earlier yep. card so they can get the, the crowd there or they wait until after. The fucking main event and have them fight. So the crowd stays the whole fucking time. So, all right. Uh, Well, Dominic Reyes doesn't have anything to be mad about right now until the actual official placement of the fights comes out. When you find out what it officially is. Go to waynapodcast.com. But before you do that, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button, the thumbs up, and the little bell. Give you some notifications on when we drop our shows. We drop our shows periodically throughout the week. But it's pretty much always early Sunday morning. Or Wednesday morning early as well. We've been doing a bunch of uh, cool little side videos and everything that's going on. So we're going to be doing some more extra content for you guys. So make sure you guys hit the descriptions down below. And in that description, there's also a link to our clips channel, our shorts channel. Hit that link. Go there and just subscribe to that clip channel as well. We've got a ton of extra content that Dave puts together for you guys that we throw out there on our clips channel. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. Hit the subscribe button, smash that button, and go to waitingpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. Sweater season is upon us. It is getting cold, so pick up one of our hoodies, sweatshirts, or sweaters, whatever they're called. Okay, and a coffee mug, okay, if you guys enjoy coffee. Uh, John, take us away, bud. Ah, For everyone that's here in Nashville with me, Tennessee, we're all happy. <laughs> My voice is gone. What the heck? Exactly. Everybody here in Tennessee is happy after the Vols had the big win against Alabama. So enjoy that because you never know what's going to happen next year. (laughs) We will see you.